Hello, club members. I'm congested. <laughs> and I just got over COVID. <laughs> We're both in recovery. We're both in the recovery phase of COVID. Isn't that cute? Me and Kate went three years without getting COVID. And then we got COVID within the same two weeks of each other. And we don't live anywhere near each other. The Isn't same week, actually. Yeah, for real. Like Kate texted me and was like, Nick has COVID. And then later that night, she was like, I have a fever. Like, yeah, <laughs> obviously, you're going to get fucking COVID from Nick. <laughs> well, I tried. So as soon as he tested positive, it was too late. I should have known. But I like fled. Oh, yeah. I was like, I literally packed a bag and like took yeah. it to the other room. Way too late. Way too oh late. And now I yeah. sound like this. I had five days of a fever. Now I'm on antivirals. Jeez. And I'm here to tell you guys about some grim stuff. Five days of a fever. That's intense. That's yeah. grim as fuck. It Mine was, was only grim. three days. <laughs> Mine was only three days and I still wanted to die. So that really fucking sucks. Yeah, it all sucks. We feel bad for us, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, we had COVID two years ago. I know. We give a fuck. Everyone's yeah. like, yeah, fucking finally you get COVID. Everyone's like, I've had COVID five times by now. I'm so sad that I can't be smug about it anymore. I will say. <laughs> I know. I know. For what it's worth, for all, the, for all my smugness, I don't think I had an ounce of of resistance to whatever hit me oh really none maybe your booster and like your vaccine was like like out of your system almost already. no but I asked my I went to the doctor not that long ago I'm like hey do I need another COVID booster and she's like nah you're good you don't let's get one she in the was fall. like nah you're about to get COVID bitch I know so. that I, you got a booster don't you worry the natural <laughs> you booster. got a booster coming <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I think it probably has to do with like you know, both of our immune systems, probably our titers were kind of at a trough point and that's why we both finally got it. But I agree with you this whole time. I've been like, maybe I'm immune. Maybe I'm like a superior fucking human. <laughs> no. And then I get COVID and I'm like, nope. Humbled. Immediately yeah. humbled. Yeah. Well, mm. I had so much fun during COVID because I researched something uh, really devastating that has, I had to have oh Nick shower with me after or watch me shower. I was like, just stand next to the shower. <laughs> while I, be with you in the shower. Just be next to me. I can't do this alone. Because I kept oh seeing someone next to me after this. It was really freaking me out. But Oh, shit. I hope you're ready, Is it Ariana. a true crime? It is a true crime. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. It's a crime as old as time. Are you ready? I am stoked. I am so stoked. You know I love true crime. This is so surprising. I know. I'm so excited. Well, I didn't quite <laughs> understand what I was getting into. I was like, because I also like history. I was like, oh, okay, historical yeah. crime. That's going to be interesting. That won't give me nightmares. It will. Don't worry. Oh, shit. So it didn't. It's not modern. It's it is not from, modern. We're going back okay. to the fall of 1888. Oh, okay. East London. This is going to be creepy. Oh, I can't wait. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Yes, I was going to say. We love it. We love it. How much yes. do you know about old Jack, Ariana? Uh, let's see. I know that he would just like fucking basically eviscerate women, mostly sex workers, I think. Yep. Um, and it would just be like random on the fucking street. Yes. We still don't understand quite the motive. What I'm going to go through today, I'm going to talk about all the all the shit that went down in 1888 um because there was some shit that went down i'm going to talk about the victims uh and i'm going to talk a little bit just very briefly about some of the suspects because we still don't have any earthly clue who jack the ripper like actually who it was no no idea oh, wow that is insane to me isn't That's that crazy. wild 
to this yeah. day okay. have no idea and yeah. i have and i have my personal opinions about it um okay but we'll get there we'll yeah. get there, we'll get there. Oh, i'm stoked well yes. we're, we're going back going back to 1888 we're going okay. to Whitechapel. so Whitechapel was a yep. an area of east london that was known for its like overcrowded slums it was like really really packed in and it was like a maze of dimly lit streets and courts and alleys and uh very frequently patrolled by the police so there was a police force okay. but there were a lot more people than yeah police like a lot more yeah and there was this one narrow passage called george yard and at the north entrance of this passage to george yard there was this building called george yard buildings which was a crowded residential complex and that's where our story okay. begins so okay august 7th 1888 very early in the morning we have this guy john reeves he lives upstairs in george yard buildings he heads downstairs for work he discovers a dead woman laying in her back in a pool of blood he runs mm. her help we get the constable constable thomas barrett we get dr timothy kyleen who they both arrive on the scene like five minutes later. And okay. they the doctor examines the body. He determines that there are 39 stabs, brutal oh stabs, to the chest yeah. and the abdomen. And this is a very brutal slaying. So in this area, like people are getting killed all the time. Like it's not a it's not a safe area by any means. But even for okay. this area, they're like, whoa, this is pretty brutal. Bad. And they determine mostly, and this is one thing I learned from doing research, the doctors would determine time of death mostly based on how warm or how cold the body was. (laughs) Oh my God. You know, some good old 19th century They don't really know anything besides like, oh, it's cold, so it's been at least 10 minutes. Yeah. And they change their mind back and forth a little bit based on what other people say in witness statements. So... Yeah, I'm going to go off of what the doctors say and their their final word, but his final word was like, okay, this... 39 times stabbed body of this woman has been dead for three hours. So that puts the time of death around 2.30 a.m. Do they measure the exact temperature and they're like, the body decreases in temperature this at this rate? Like, how does three hours come into play? Like, I wish I it could. It just feels like a body would be cold by, okay. Dep- right. Like, right? It's, if it was stabbed 39 times, that's a lot of blood lost. Yeah. We'll get there. Um, the other mm. bodies lose okay. more blood. But no, they yeah. don't. There's no like measuring scientific forensic yeah. anything. It's kind of just like. Got it. Whatever doctor was called to the scene and how they felt that day. <laughs> Got it. They go off of like <laughs> the temperature in the air, that kind of situation. Uh, okay. Okay. So this dead woman, they're saying, all right, time of death, probably around 2.30. There's no blood trail. So she was likely attacked on the scene, which is weird because, again, this is a very like tenement style, like very crowded area. And none of the tenants heard anything. Okay, except Hmm. Amy Hewitt, who is a tenant of this building, who had claimed to have heard someone scream murder, but she heard it during the night, not during the early morning. And apparently that's not that unusual of an occurrence common no they're like yeah that happens all the time around george yard so was it a woman's voice that screamed murder yes okay all but right. it's a rough area so don't you know you're supposed to scream fire 
<laughs> is that what you do? Scream fire? <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to scream fire because no one comes for murder or rape, but everyone comes for fire because that's something you could easily help with. Oh, okay. Well, I'll keep that in mm-hmm. mind for next time that Jack the Ripper shows up. Yep. <laughs> we. I'm not even convinced that she screamed anything. Uh, yeah. Because when you're like stabbed in the chest, it's like all the air gets sucked out of you. But right. True. The victim. The victim is identified as Martha Tabram. She's age 39. She's a mother of two. Uh, did not live mm-hmm. in George Yard, but rather George Street, which was a block away. And she was a working prostitute. And okay. her colleague gave a statement. She's like, yeah, well, like we were working together that night. Um, we had we were hanging out with two soldiers. Um, we were drinking. And at midnight, they both kind of split up with their respective clients and went different ways. And Tabram headed towards George Yard. And that's the okay. last that she was seen. So she was with a John when she potentially got attacked. Correct. A soldier specifically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so Constable hmm. Barrett, he had seen, he was in the area and he had seen a soldier that night around 2 a.m. who was loitering around the north end of George Yard. Hmm. Okay. And he was by himself. And whenever he kind of went up to him, he was like, hey, what are you doing? And the soldier said, well, I'm just waiting for my friend. My friend went off with a girl. Mm, got it. Okay. They tried to identify the soldier, um, but any of the accused soldiers had an alibi. I was with my sister. I was with my mom. And the lead detective, okay. who was Inspector Edmund Reed, he I have a quote that makes me so infuriated. And he goes, well, oh Connolly and Barrett have both picked out the wrong men. And could not be trusted again as their evidence would be worthless. What? Yeah. So they just, they're like, well, they all have alibis. uh, So we're not going to listen to anything else you have to say about your friend getting murdered. What the fuck? Yeah. So no motive. Couldn't, nobody knows anything other than she's dead. She's been stabbed 39 times. Last seen alive, hanging out with her friend Connolly. Okay. That's all we know. Damn. About yeah. a week later, so now it's August okay. 31st, Yeah. about 3.40 a.m., this guy, Robert Paul, heads off for work down Bucks Row. He's going to work. He sees a man standing in the road. Okay. This man's name is Charles Cross. That's not his actual name, turns out. Got a different last name. We'll get there. Hmm. But he's also apparently heading to work. And he says, hey, come over and look over here. There's a woman lying on the pavement. Uh, come yeah. over and look over here. There's a woman lying on the pavement. Take a looky <laughs> here. So Charles look Cross. This. Look what I found. Come take a look, friend. They find this. There's a body of a woman. Yeah. And the body is the hands are cold. And so Cross is like, the hands are cold. She's dead. And Paul, Robert Paul, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know medicine. Uh, my hands are cold every day. Does that mean I'm I, dead? It does. I'm afraid so. Don't die so. in East London, 1888, girl. So. Yeah. They'd be like, she Damn, died at one o'clock. Better probably. technology. 1888. That's like not that long ago. That's yeah. just crazy and stupid. It's very crazy. Yeah. But Paul is like, no, no, no. I think she's still breathing. I think she's faintly breathing. <laughs> We don't look at if she's breathing. We're just like, oh, our hands are cold. The hands are cold. (laughs) So she's, they're like, she's dead. She's not dead. And they're like, well, it doesn't matter because we don't want to be late for work. Oh, it's, oh, yeah, that's very important. Oh, man. So they leave, they leave the body and they head to work. And they're like, hopefully we find. But she's still breathing. She's still alive or no? We don't know. 
Okay, okay. Because Cross is saying she's dead, and Robert Paul is saying she's still kind of alive. I feel like if you're breathing, you're alive. So let's go with she was alive, and they abandoned her. Exactly. So they go to work. Okay. Right. Got it. And they're like, we got to go to work. So they both leave, and they're like, maybe we'll see a yeah. policeman. We'll let him know on the way. Um, eh. Thank God. <laughs> Constable John Neal is patrolling at the time and they happen to cross his path and they're like, hey, there's like a dead body um, down the down the way on Bucks Row. And so Constable John Neal, he goes to the body. He finds it. It's a woman again on her back. This time not stabbed, but slashed. She has a really deep cut along her throat and parts of the body are still warm. Mm. Mm hmm. So another constable shows up, fetches a doctor. This is Dr. Reese Llewellyn. And Dr. Llewellyn says, okay, she has not been dead for, she hasn't been dead for more than half an hour, max, based on her body warmth, which means. Based on the fact that she was breathing a half an hour. Yeah. (laughs) So they're like, "Um, these two guys found her minutes after she was attacked. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So that timeline is also really freaky um, for the constables because three of them had been patrolling that street exactly. Two of them up and down that street and one of them going like oh. parallel to that street. They heard gotcha. nothing. So maybe this one person who says he found a body is the guy who did it. I'm glad you're them. thinking about that because ding, ding, that's one of our suspects <laughs> for later. Yeah. Yep. Wait, is he the guy who said, oh, her hands are cold? Or is he the guy that was like, she's still breathing? Hands are cold. The one who's like, hey, come look, I found the a body. The one was like, oh, she's dead. Yeah. The one, okay, yeah, the one who's like, she's dead and is just standing in the road. Is like, hey, come look, there's a body. Anyway, back to work. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> you found that suspicious because so did the police yeah. and so do I. Seems sus. <laughs> so the body gets shipped off to the morgue, heads to the morgue. And they discover not only has her throat been slashed, but she's been disemboweled. Mm. She's got deep cuts throughout her abdomen. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. Dr. Llewellyn, I have a direct quote where he says, the murderer must have had some rough anatomical knowledge for he seemed to have attacked all of the vital parts. I mean, I feel like that's not... <laughs> I think if you stab someone really anywhere, they can bleed. I guess I so. She was slashed, though. She was like badly slashed. That's what I mean. Like, it's not like he cut her femoral artery. You know what I mean? Like, he just fucking slashed her abdomen. Oh, well, you know what? I'm going to get you some descriptors later that will show you what I'm okay. saying. OK, OK. Did not just slash her abdomen. Um, so gotcha. <laughs> this woman, they, we we identified this woman as Mary Ann Nichols. She's the mother of six. Uh, her last known address was a common lodging house on Flower and Dean Street, which is kind of relevant because in the Whitechapel area, there's a lot of people who are staying at the Flower and Dean lodging house. And on the night of her death, she had been turned away from this lodging house and uh, because she didn't have any money. Oh, where were her kids? In the God, who knows, honey. I don't want to know. Where are these children? I don't want to know. Don't want to know. Um, Wait, was she, she a sex worker as well or no? Ding, ding. So she's trying to raise the money for this lodging house that night um, via prostitution. Oh, my God. Oh my God. So it's she and her friend that are around, you know, working the streets. It's like 2.30 in the morning. Nichols is very drunk at this point. And she stumbles down. The friend sees her stumble down Whitechapel Street. And she's not seen again alive until they find her body. Hmm. 
there's zero evidence again which is super weird so yeah. no evidence a lot of parallels to martha tabram's death in that they're yeah. both about the same age um i think they're both like in their early 40s late 30s mm. okay and they're both the same social class they're both prostitutes both very brutal overkillings mm-hmm. no motive yeah very different wounds though yeah so you know martha was stabbed he's learning mm-hmm. right yeah, yeah 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 so martha was stabbed a lot um which is kind of a slower death and uh marianne nichols was slashed so stabbed versus slashed right and the police are like they have no idea nobody's heard anything no noises nothing which is weird this is a very crowded area and nobody's yeah. heard a single thing. So It's kind of in the middle of the night, though. But yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in the middle of the night, but people are awake during this time of the night. Like, Okay. People are out and about getting drunk. Bustling. Mm-hmm. Got it. Everyone's okay. getting up for work at three in the morning. Oh, my God. You know. 1888 stuff. Yeah, it does sound horrible. Yeah. <laughs> now, flashing forward, we're going to September 8th. It's about okay. 4.45 a.m. Yeah. Somebody else is heading to work. John Richardson, he takes off down Hanbury Street. He takes a quick break through this in, through the entrance of this residential building on um, twenty nine at twenty nine Hanbury. He just takes a quick break. He goes through the front door, unlocked, which is like a it's like an apartment building. Through the front door, he goes out the back door, which leads to this like cramped little yard situation that's fenced in. Mm-hmm. And uh, he pulls out a knife and he starts trimming off this uncomfortable bit of leather that's on his boot. Okay. And at first I was like, that's weird. What? I was like, <laughs> that's, maybe that's a common thing. Right. I know. I was like, is that yeah. a common thing? Like you just like yes. pop into a random na- like a neighbor's apartment complex. But it turns out he's yeah. like a he's the son of somebody who lived in that building. So he's familiar okay. with that building. Gotcha. So he goes out. It's like 445. He trims off a little bit of his leather. And then once he's done, he heads out the way he came, shuts the door behind him. About an hour later. So 545 a.m. on September the 8th. An upstairs tenant um, of that building, his name is John Davis. He's heading downstairs to the main floor. The front door, wide open. Mm. And he's like, that's weird. The back door is closed. Yeah. So he gets uncomfortable because the back door has been broken into before. And so he goes out the back door, opens it, finds the horrifically bloodied remains of a woman lying on her back mm -hmm, in that small little yard. Screams, calls the inspector. Inspector Chandler arrives on the scene, summons the doctor. Dr. George Phillips, I have some direct quotes from him. Is this the same doctor every time? No, it's not. Okay, so they don't have like a medical examiner. They're just like, let's call the doctor. The doctor. They they do eventually go to a coroner, but they do call a doctor on the scene and then they get taken off to the morgue and then a coroner does an assessment. I guess that makes total sense because you still have to call to make sure they are not dying currently. Got it. Exactly. So they call the doctor. Dr. George Phillips shows up um, and he says the body was terribly mutilated. The throat was dissevered deeply. Mm. It appears that the abdomen had been entirely laid open, that the intestines severed from their mesenteric attachments had been lifted out of the body and placed by the shoulder of the corpse. That's fucking weird. Yeah, it's fucking weird. This guy's like playing in her abdomen playing in her ab it's exactly right yeah. and so the inspector does a sweep of the yard can't find anything except at the 
foot of the body. He finds a piece of cloth and two combs, both of which belonged to the deceased, uh, but had been apparently deliberately positioned and arranged by the killer. That's fucking weird. Yeah, it's creepy. Huh. Yeah. In the deceased woman, mm-hmm. this is another interesting fact, is that she had she was known to wear two two rings. She had her wedding rings, these like mm-hmm. inexpensive little brass rings, and they had been yeah. clearly forcibly removed from her left hand. She had some small sores and a little abrasion over the knuckle. Uh, they were never found. Never found those rings. Oh, he stole her rings. Yeah, so presumed like a trophy, right? Yeah. Other things that they couldn't find. Wait, so she wasn't a sex worker then because we'll she was there. married? We'll get to her. Okay, got it. Okay. Oh, most of these women were married or estranged from their husbands or their husbands beat them and then they left their husbands. Love it. Love that for mm. everyone. That's know, fucking great. A huge bummer. Ugh. But yeah. yeah, other stuff that was missing from this woman, um, parts of her abdomen, including hmm. her uterus. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, this guy's definitely... Her uterus uh, had been cut out. That's fucking weird. I didn't know this. I didn't know any of this. I I knew, like, I knew Jack the Ripper. I knew prostitutes. And I knew a couple of lines from Arrested Development that made me laugh. And that's about (laughs) all I had. Wow. He definitely must have. Because, I mean, you and me know. The uterus doesn't really look that different from other tubular luminal organs. Right. to like identify the uterus and remove that specifically is in 1888 when like common knowledge about like what uteri look like is not as common. Like that's crazy to me. Definitely had some sort of medical knowledge. Exactly. And that's why when you're like, well, yeah, just cause he stabbed her. I'm like, we'll get to, we'll have some yeah. proof soon. <laughs> Don't worry. You're right. You're it gets right. a lot oh. more clear. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that either. It's really fucked up. And it yeah. kind of makes you think about motive a little bit. Like, it's like, this man clearly hates women. I mean, we already We already knew, knew that, that. But Let's be real. All right. <laughs> Jesus. But Dr. Phillips, he, he shows on the scene, and I have a quote from him, too. He goes, so the mode in which these portions were extracted, the, not only that they're missing, but how they're missing, shows some anatomical knowledge. Surgical, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. And then the okay. coroner, Coroner Win Baxter, uh, he goes, these injuries had been made by someone who had considerable anatomical skill and knowledge. There were no meaningless cuts. Ooh. He continues. Wow. For instance, no mere slaughterer of animals could have carried out these operations. It must have been okay. somebody accustomed to the postmortem room. Oh. Wait, based on what, though? Why postmortem? Based on the fact that everything seemed dissected, not just slaughtered. Yeah, but, like, why would it be a, like, postmortem versus, like, a someone who does surgery, like a doctor? I guess. I guess you know, I guess probably both. It, you know, whether they're alive or they're dead, taking bits out. I guess, I guess there's a different skill set for like people who do like anatomic pathology mm-hmm. and like how you remove those organs versus like a surgeon. So I guess that makes sense to me. Because I've done exactly the required number of autopsies that we had to do in vet school. Oh my God. No what more, no less. That was terrible. Hated yeah. every second of that. And I can yeah, tell same. you that I feel like I was dissecting an animal. I feel like it would look more surgical 
versus you're right yeah you know like it's whenever you're doing an autopsy stuff. and you're yeah. it's like there's certain ways of cutting so that's how yeah. the, the coroner looked at it as like this person has done a post-mortem before he's like it was me it was i, I. It. case closed <laughs> and that's jack the ripper wow someone has really good coroners <laughs> someone's really good at being a coroner someone's really good at being a someone coroner. should be promoted maybe i don't know <laughs> just saying <laughs> they identified this victim though so the victim I, her name is annie chapman she's 47 all these vic- all the victims tend to be in their 40s huh. this guy's got mommy issues mother of seven children ew ew indeed <laughs> and the saddest part is only two of them were alive by the time she died oh fuck what why are you what do you mean why disease yes disease riddled children in the 1800s yes everyone had diseases and stuff so she's the last known address for annie chapman was this common lodging house at 35 dorset street and on the night of her death which was around around 1 50 a.m she had been denied a room again due to lack of funds oh my god sensing a pattern and a night watchman had escorted her away from the lodging house, and then she had disappeared into a dark alley, never to be seen alive again. What's a night watchman? Uh, someone who was watching after this lodging house and keeping the raff, the riffraff out. So he's like a security guard bouncer guy? I think so, yeah. Okay. Because it's not okay, a policeman. Gotcha. Got and it. And he's like, okay. yeah, your money's, you don't have any money, get out of here, come back get when you got the out. whatever, 25 That's cents. savage. God mm-hmm. damn. And, but this is where it gets interesting. This time, we have a potential witness. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. So at 5.30 a.m. that morning, a woman named Elizabeth Long, she sees a man and a woman talking outside of that building, outside of 29 Hanbury Street. She is positive that that woman is Annie. Okay. Can't see the man's face, though, because he's facing mm. with his back turned to her. Okay. And she hears a little bit of conversation. She hears the man say, will you and the woman says yes hmm that's all they hear sus what's also sus because i i said 5 30 a.m is whenever this witness is saying elizabeth long is saying she saw annie alive and the doctor that was saying, many hours yeah right i yeah, was gonna so, ask you about that yeah because mm-hmm. because we have 4 45 a.m we have that guy coming out and trimming off a piece of leather off his shoe he absolutely right. would have seen a dead body and he attested to that he's like it's a tiny yard i would have seen yeah a disemboweled woman next right. to the steps at 445 and the doctor said 430 um so also we have another kind of witness maybe witness which is the neighboring tenant so these buildings you know it's like building 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 all squished together and then they have these yeah. tiny little yards with these wooden fences these wooden privacy fence sort of situations okay and at about 520 in the morning there was a neighbor in the yard over who heard some voices heard the word no very clearly a woman saying no and then something falling against that wooden wall hmm Hmm. okay now dr phillips did concede he's like okay it was really cold that morning she had been disemboweled so a lot of blood was lost so he's like maybe i'm wrong i could be wrong hmm yeah uh, and also keep in mind this this is what really freaks me out because i've looked at photos of this building it's like it's like a tenement building. It's like a, a tall building with a tiny yard. And so there's a lot of windows along the back of this building that yeah. overlook the yard okay. directly. And this is like in the twilight hours. 
And so yeah. some of the tenements also, some of the tenants were sleeping with their windows open facing this yard. Okay. Yeah. Still didn't hear anything. Huh. Still can't catch this person. Okay. Wait, did you say this woman had her throat slit too? She, uh, let the me one see. That had her throat she slit. had her, yep. Her throat was dissevered deeply. Yeah. I wonder if like he like silences them by slitting their throats first. Right. That's what I'm thinking yeah. too. Cause this is a very crowded part of London. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. so many people around. I, it's just right. inconceivable that nobody heard yeah. anything. It, and and no it's freaking hears... the police out too. Right. There's yeah. so many cases hmm. that they're dealing, they're dealing with a lot of like homicides and attacks and, but they're, those have motive. They have evidence. These yeah. are like a ghost did it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So it's really freaking people out. So people are getting really pissed at the London police at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're sucks. getting really pissed at the London police and people, yeah. everyone's making fun of them. I have like a quote from the New York Times in America where they're called Ooh. the London police, like the stupidest police force ever. Oh my God. Which is not fair. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. It's really not fair yeah. for this specific. I can't it say sucks. for everything, but yeah, like yeah. I'm cutting them some slack for this one. Yeah. Fair. Now. So that was September, what, 8th? Mm-hmm. Stuff is moving fast. So now it's September 30th. Okay. We're outside of, a, it's late. It's, we're outside of a, just a regular men's social club. And it's, it lets Does out. Does a man die? Honey, I wish. It's always a Damn woman. It. Always I was going to say, that's when you hear people, because women obviously can't fight back as much. But I feel like if you tried to kill a man, someone would have heard something. Someone, probably, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. No yeah. way of telling because we still don't know who this guy is or right. what his motives are. Right. But it, it's September 30th. We're outside. There's this men's social club and it lets out outside um, onto Burner Street. And so everyone comes out around midnight whenever the meetings or whatever the meeting's over. So everyone leaves outside the front door onto Burner Street around midnight. So most people go home. Some people stay and they drink. One man named Joseph Lave he steps out into the side street. So there's like a little side street that heads backwards into like a little alley, like a small little alley in a little yard. It's a dead end. And that little street alley is called Dutfield's Yard. And so he steps out around 1230 a.m. for about 10 minutes just to get a fresh, some fresh air. Yeah. So about 10 minutes later, he goes back inside. And pretty much immediately after he goes inside, this second guy, Morris Eagle, He's another member. He heads into the building via that side entrance, via Dutfield's yard, Mm -hmm. after he's escorted this woman home. Nobody sees anything, nothing funky. 20 minutes later, so it's like 1 a.m., this this guy, Louis Deimschutz, he's the steward of the clubhouse, and he's riding with his little pony in his carriage, little clip-clop, clip-clop, riding down the... (laughs) Okay. Riding down the the road, riding down Burner Street. (laughs) Yeah. He turns down this little side alley, down Dutfield's yard. His pony abruptly veers to the left. Hmm. It's dark. He can't see what his pony There's a body. Could it be, Ariana? Could it be a body? He steps out of his carriage. He's like, what was that? He lights a match, and he immediately sees a body of sorts. Something's on the ground. And I have a quote from him where he says, I didn't know if it was someone dead or drunk, but either way... Yeah, which, like, honestly, in this, t- in this day and age, 
Yeah. But he knows he wants to immediately run in and check on his wife. So he runs into, like, jumps over the body, runs into the social club, checks on his wife. His wife is like, I'm fine. What's going on? Right. And then he and a bunch of men from the social club come out. Now there's, like, a big group gathering around this body. They can see that her throat has been horrifically cut. Mm. But that's about all that's happened to her. It's her throat was cut. Okay. And she's definitely dead at this point. She's super dead. Okay. That same night, 900 meters westward, not Mm. even a kilometer away. Yeah. About 1.30 in the morning, we have this constable. He's patrolling this area that's known as Mitra Square. Okay. So Mitra Square is kind of like just like a big open square, essentially. But it doesn't open up into anything. It's kind of like a dead end. Okay. And his beat takes him through Mitra Square every about 13 minutes. Okay. So he goes through the square around 1.30. Next time he shows up at the square, it's like 1.44. Okay. And I have quotes from him. I turned to the right. I saw a body of a woman laying there on her back. I saw her throat was cut and her bowels protruding. Mm. He continues. The stomach was ripped up. She was lying in a pool of blood. Yeah. So two doctors arrive on the scene because this this is weird that this has happened in the same day and especially so right. close to each other. This guy's getting sloppy. He, he's he's moving quick. Yeah. Two doctors arrive on the scene, including Dr. Frederick Brown. And Dr. Frederick Brown says that the intestines were drawn out to a large extent and placed over the right shoulder. Sound familiar? Uh, yeah. She has many lacerations to her face, including the right ear has pretty much been cut off. There's like a huge laceration Ew, in the right uh, ear. That sucks. And the doctor attests that she, this based on, I guess, how toasty her body is, she <laughs> had died within minutes of being found. Mm. Similarly, back at yeah. the men's social club, the first victim was determined to have died within minutes of being found, which is freaky. Okay. Unlike yeah. other victims, though, that victim at, um, what was it called? Dutfield's Yard, that victim only had her throat slit. You're right. Yeah. You know it's grisly when I'm saying only had her throat slit. Right. Oh, yeah. Yikes. Making sure it's still the recording. Okay. So what does this mean? The investigation believes that when Dimeschutz, the guy on his little pony, came ponying yeah. up into the yard... He unwittingly interrupted the murder. Oh, okay. Okay. And possibly trapped the killer into that yard when he ran in, when he ran into the club because there is no back entrance out of that yard. Oh shit. So what so they think just like there. Just hiding in the oh my shadows. God. Oh god. And then whenever he ran inside the social club to check on his wife, killer ran. Oh damn. Fuck. To his That's next scary. location. At my Square. Yeah, he's square. like, oh, I still need to do this. So yes, exactly. Exactly. Aww. So, Dutfield's Yard, shit. that victim was identified as Elizabeth Stride, age 44, a Swedish immigrant and a prostitute. Mm, Last okay. known lodging was a common lodging house on Flower and Dean Street. So, it's all, you can see how this is all kind of, yeah. without even, if you look at the map, it's like bing, boom, bomb. Like, you can kind of see this pathway, like this area that's getting hit. Right. Mm-hmm. So she had been seen a lot that night and mostly in the company of men or man. 
who mm. were described as respectably dressed by three different witnesses. Okay. I think one said like well-dressed and then two said respectably dressed. And so we don't know if this is the same man or if she was in the company of multiple men. We don't know. Okay. And yeah. one of the men who was, I think, a constable um, said that he saw her with the respectably dressed man who was carrying a parcel in his hand. Mm, okay. Parcel so, of a knife? No. I don't know, man. I'm imagining some Sweeney Todd shit. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. what's in the parcel? Mm-hmm. Right. So the most notable thing that happened, though, there was a really good witness who had at around 1245, this guy, his name is Israel Schwartz. And at 1245 that night, he had been walking down Burner Street next to the social club, came upon the, came upon the entrance of Dutfield's yard and sees a man Throwing a woman to the ground. Oh. <laughs> the woman is okay. later identified as Elizabeth Stride. Okay. Sees this man throwing this woman to the ground. She cries out three times, although he says not very loudly. Um, he doesn't intervene. He just sort of... <sighs> of course. Of course. He crosses the <sighs> street. He just crosses the opposite side of the street. He's like, gotta get out of here. Yeah. He's like, yeah, there's like oh, a God. psycho around here. I gotta go. So he ditches this poor girl doesn't intervene crosses the street and sees a man a second man on the opposite side of the street and he's lighting up a pipe hmm. and he's like that's weird and then he hears and he turns back to the attacker and he the attack the attacker sees them and shouts out lipsky huh i know lipsky and then the pipe he's like what i'm getting the fuck out of here so he keeps going and then the pipe yeah. man follows schwartz Okay. Until Schwartz can eventually break away. So weird. weird. Yeah. yeah. So there are two interpretations. The first one is the one that I I first went to, which I'm like, ah, he's got an accomplice. That accomplice's name is Lipsky, right? Hmm. That's what I went sure. to. Yeah. So the head of investigation is like, no, I don't think that's what happened. Um, because apparently at the time, in 1887, so a year prior, there was this guy named Israel Lipsky. And he was this Jewish okay. man who had been convicted of murder. And okay. therefore, Lipsky had become like an anti-Semitic slur. Ah, okay. And I think that Schwartz... That seems more... Right. Yeah. Makes more sense. And mm-hmm. Schwartz was like, I think, an outwardly presenting Jewish man. And sure. so they're like, no, he wasn't calling for help. He was just shouting in a racist slur. at the Being a fucking racist. Being a yeah. racist. He was just being a racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a man abuser. And a woman abuser. That's all we know. A woman murderer. <laughs> Probably. We think. We assume. Yeah. All of this yeah. is assumption. For all we know, that's just some guy that came around and pushed Random. around a little yeah. bit, you know? You're right. Yeah. No idea. Back on Mitra Square, we've identified that woman as Catherine Eddowes, who is age 46. Okay. Postmortem revealed a missing uterus hmm. and a missing left kidney. What? Yeah, dude. It's so weird. So weird. Do you think this guy's a cannibal? I See, I don't know. Mm. I don't know what to think. Why are you stealing uteruses? Uh, <laughs> I so have stupid. some suspects that I'll get to, one of which makes oh sense for this, but also yeah, doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It's all speculation. You know what I mean? You don't know what to I believe. Know. You have no like the official anything. investigation, and then yeah. you have everything in between. Yeah. 
Damn it. And even the official investigation, some of these constables are like, I know it was this guy. And it's like, no, you fucking don't. Like, it's just based on your hunch, on your gut instinct. Because yeah. they all think it's well, different that's what guys. they have to go off of, I think. Yeah. I mm-hmm. don't know. That's crazy. This wow. poor woman. So Catherine Eddowes, age 46, missing her uterus, missing her left kidney. Her last known lodging was a different common lodging house on Flower and Dean Street. And that night, Eddowes had been out drinking and she was real drunk. She was drunk as like drunk as a skunk on the ground with a crowd around her at 830 p.m. Oh, wow. Yeah. So way earlier. She was on the sideway drunk. Some police officers came up and escorted her to like the drunk tank to the police station. And they kept her in a cell until 1 a.m. Oh, I wish they had kept her a little longer. Little longer, little longer. Kept her until one a.m. when she was until she was released, and then one thirty-five a.m. Eddowes is spotted in the company of a man near Mitra Square. That's about ten minutes before they found the body. They saw her in the company of a man. If you're a fucking cop, why are they not taking more precautions in regards to like keeping women off of the streets? from the hours of like midnight to like five in the morning. I guess I you feel can't. Like this keeps, I know, but if you have a drunk woman in custody, you kick them out at 1 a.m. Like that's fucked up. Like yeah, she can't up. stay the night there. I guess they she have. leave when it's daytime. There's a fucking woman murderer on the loose that kills people <laughs> at two in the morning. Like That was like 28 days ago. What? You think that guy's so still dumb. out about? No way. Like I'd be pissed if someone like kicked me out of like in Philly like at one in the morning and I had to like get somewhere at one in the morning in Philly like I'd be pissed yeah that would suck you should write you would rightfully be pissed yeah but these women are treated like absolute dirt so yeah Mm -hmm. out on the street you go to make room for the next drunk person to come in so that you're sober enough they needed more there's too many drunk people too many drunk people you get out next drunkie in yeah Hmm. now around 3 a.m which is after these murders there's a blood-stained piece of cloth that is found about a few blocks east or northeast of hmm. Mitra Square. It turns out it's a ripped piece of Ed Ow's apron. Okay. And there's a note hmm. that's written on the what? wall above the piece of cloth. What? It gets weirder, girl. The note says, the Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. Hold up. Yeah, this guy definitely was saying a Jewish slur then. So we know that for sure. Because he's fucking writing shit about the Jews on the wall. Did they, did he write it? There was a lot of anti-Semitic people. I guess you're right. I guess maybe he just, yeah, I guess maybe it's coincidence you think, or maybe it's hard. It could, it could be fact. It could be coincidence. We'll get to writing samples in in very briefly, very soon we will. But, and also when people are reading this, even some Jewish people are like, is this pro-Jewish? Is this Yeah, anti- wait, say the quote again. The Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. Okay. I feel like it's a double negative, which technically means it's a positive thing. But I think it's probably colloquially meant to be like, they're not going to be blamed for anything. That's what I know? think. Um, a lot of people, it's very uncommon that people are writing positive things on the that's, walls. That's very fair. Like, right? we should just assume that they're not like. I assume evil. Writing <laughs> Jews are amazing on the no. wall. Like, I assume we, evil. 
duh. Yeah. But nobody even knows if this is related <laughs> or if it's just an absolute coincidence that this just happened to fall point. here in yeah. front of this piece of writing. But it's yeah. weird with okay. the Lipsky comment. It is. It is very weird. It's weird. Interesting. Mm. This is where it gets freakier. So there are some letters that were sent to the Central News Agency of London. Oh, my God. Days before this double murder situation. Days. Okay. And it's written there. You can find photos of them They're They kept them. They're really freaky looking and they're written in red ink. OK. And it says and I'm going to I'm going to read them directly. Red okay. ink is fit enough. I hope. Ha ha. The next. <laughs> I know. Right. Wait. Ha ha. Ha ha. Like, like he's texting. H-A-H-A. Okay, H-A. Ha ha. That's hilarious. Like, I didn't what the know fuck they is like, this? wrote like that in the 1800s. That's great. Okay. It scared me when I saw that. It's just like too hilarious. close to home. Too real. Yeah. <laughs> and then it continues. The next job I do shall clip the lady's ear off mm. and send it to the police officers just for jolly. Wouldn't you? <laughs> the fuck? Just Signed, yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Oh, so he's the one who called himself Jack the Ripper. Interesting. Well, maybe. Maybe this isn't this maybe person it's a at all. Maybe it's a hoax. Yeah, maybe it's a yeah. hoax. Because these are pretty publicized Except, murders. I guess you're right. I guess the only thing that would make me think it's not a hoax is if they didn't release the release the idea that the ear in that one murder was almost cut off. They d- Yeah, that's the thing. It's like her ear wasn't fully cut off, but it was cut almost severed yeah yeah Yeah, it was almost severed it's like they probably don't release this much information to the general public i think so i don't know i think it would be hard for him to say that the ear bit freaked me out personally yeah it seems like it might be real i don't know i know and then after the double murder they get a blood smeared postcard same thing central news agency uh with details of the murder Mm, okay and it's like well how much did you figure out after the fact how like it's a were you in the area like it's like you don't know what's hoax and what's not but it's the same handwriting okay and he it go it it, it writes i was not cotting dear old boss when i gave you the tip you'll hear about saucy jackie's work tomorrow double event this time number one squealed a bit couldn't finish straight off had not time to get ears off for the police Oh, fuck. Damn. Yeah, that's what that I'm seems like, like this is I'm definitely not... the real guy. Right. Yeah. That's when I got I'm convinced. Freaked. Yeah. And hmm. so the police made these public at this point because they were like hoping that someone would identify the writing. I think they're just desperate. Unsuccessful. Instead, all they did was advertise the name Jack the Ripper. And, and also encourage copycats. But yeah. Correct. And at this point, they, they were able to kind of compare that writing to the writing on the, the literal writing on the wall. Um, yeah. Bore no, no resemblance. No. None. Okay. Got so it. So I, my yeah. head canon is, I think that these are real postcards and letters. Yeah. I agree. And I think the writing on the wall was just a coincidence. Coincidence. But okay. I don't know. Yeah, I could see that. You're right. So now we, that's five murders. Well, are these prostitutes that are murdered, or I guess people, even if they aren't the sex workers, are they Jewish? No. None of them are Jewish. Okay. All right. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the Jewish thing is related then. Mm -mm, It doesn't. It's weird. It's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. 
this is this is the part where I'm going to give a warning um, that it gets gross. And this is the part where I'm like, Nick, you're going to have to stand next to the shower. Accompany me. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So now nothing happens. That was in September. Nothing happens through October. Everyone's like, okay, I think he's done. Maybe he went to prison for something unrelated. Uh, Mm. Maybe he fled like fingers crossed. But no, November 13th. There's this landlord in the same area. Um, Landlord realizes that one of his tenants is overdue on their rent. Sends Mm. his assistant to go collect this rent. So the door is locked. There's no answer. We're knocking on the door. Nobody's answering the door. He goes through the side to a window and there's a curtain in the way, but the window pane is broken. So the window glass is actually broken. Okay. Yeah. So he's able to stick his little hand in and move the curtain out of the way. And Mm. what he finds, what he sees in the small room is a horrifically mutilated woman young woman Mm. laying on her bed weird Mm -hmm. okay the face was and this is a quote hacked beyond recognition Ooh, yikes the abdomen was quote emptied of its viscera okay her organs are just around her oh okay and the throat was quote severed all round down to the bone hmm let's hope they did that first I, I don't know, man. I yeah. hope so, too. The victim yeah. is Mary Jane Kelly. She's way younger than the... Because all the other women have been in their 40s. 40s She's right. mid-20s. Oh. Quite okay. young. She's living she, alone? Yeah. So that's a good question. So she's she was not up until a few days before this happened. Mm. But for okay. the past few days, she had been living there alone. Mm. Okay. She was a prostitute. And... She had been, I know, and she had been seen the night prior with a respectably dressed man carrying a parcel. Yeah, that's what sucks. It's like, it's such a common way to describe someone. Yep. People be carrying yeah. parcels. People be respectably yeah, people dressed. People be dressing respectfully. Yeah. Hmm. But okay. pe- there was a guy who had followed her. They had seen Kelly, this man in the area, had seen Kelly talking to this guy and hanging out with this guy and was like, he looks way too fancy for someone right. of the likes of Kelly. Okay. He was suspicious and he followed them. Okay. To to their house. They went to the house or whatever, didn't come out. And then he was like, okay, I guess everything's fine and took off. Okay. Now that those huh. five, those five deaths are considered the canonical five. And now I say five because Martha Tabram, the very first death, Mm-hmm. is not canonically connected with Jack the Ripper, which I find weird. Because it's just stabs and yes, not... Yes, exactly. It's not the same type of wounds. Okay. So they can't... Like, even if you suspect the investigators could not with, like, They're certainty... Like, it's not the same M.O., except it fucking is the first one, so maybe right. he hadn't developed his M.O. yet. <laughs> right, exactly. And it was around the same time. It's in the same area... No motive. It's just really fucky. But yeah. Marianne Nichols, Annie Chapman, Elizabeth Stride, Catherine Eddowes, and Mary Jane Kelly. These are considered the quote, the canonical five. Um, okay. There are other, there are five other women I haven't even brought up that it's like Aww. argued historically if they are yeah, connected like to Jack maybe. the Ripper. Are any of them in October? I think they're all around the same time. Yes. 
Hmm. Between okay. all, all in the fall of 1888. Gotcha. Okay. But... We still don't know who this guy is. Right. What his motive is. What the fuck is right. going on. And that was the yeah. last that we, we know of Jack the Ripper. But we do have some suspects. Okay. What are you thinking so far? I'm confused about the last murder. Mm. It seems like all these other women were very similar. And they were all out late at night. And mm-hmm. this was a specific like home invasion murder and it's more yeah. brutal yeah very weird very mm-hmm. good very good good eye so like all the, you're right all the other ones were outside yeah. um it's weird that this one's inside and also the door was locked right yeah i think he clearly got in through the window though right because it was broken right so the window was broken so that's what i was thinking but so yeah. let's remember if you asked you're like was she living alone and i said well she wasn't yeah. up until recently I'm just going to go okay. to one of our suspects whose name is Joseph Barnett, who okay. had been living with Mary Jane Kelly, our final victim, until a few days before her murder. Okay. And he notably left because he was not pleased with how Kelly made her living. And okay. he didn't like the people that she was bringing around, which was other prostitutes. Oh, weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so people... How old was he? Was I think he, he like was her? about 30, 40, 30s, 40s. Okay. Okay. And um, people speculated that he may have had the goal to frighten Kelly into a different line of work and was going around killing these prostitutes and then went into a rage when he was unsuccessful. That seems unlikely. I don't it know. It does, right? It, that doesn't make yeah. sense. That doesn't track to me. It's not enough. Yeah, it's not enough of a connection. I agree. It's also not going to stop someone from trying to pay the fucking bills. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to stop him. Um, huh. But why was okay. the door locked? That was my question. Like how? How? Maybe sh- maybe she. You mean maybe? What do you mean how? Yeah. So whenever like the, if that were him, he would have come in through the front door. You mean? Or like how did the whoever killed her get out? If maybe they the had window a window that he broke. Well, the window is broken. Like there's like a crack in it, but it's not like climb in, climb out broken. What if he breaks it? unlocks the window and then opens the window from the outside there you go so what what was going on (laughs) is apparently and this is per barnett who had been interrogated by the police the door had a catch lock which meant that whenever you shut it it would just lock lock automatically Mm -hmm. okay and they he claimed that well we haven't had the key for weeks we haven't had this key so what we would do is we would go in and out via unlocking the broken window sticking our hand through the broken window (laughs) So the idea that he was pitching is that Jack the Ripper saw her do that, enter or exit that way, Mm, mm -hmm. and knew how to get in and get out. Um, But also, the obvious one is that whoever it was that did it had a key, if this key was missing. Yeah. Then why was the window broken? Well, the window had been broken. Oh, okay. That's what you said. Mm-hmm. You said they had been getting out in and out that way. Mm-hmm. That's what Barnett said. Okay. Is he the police guy, Barnett? No, Barnett Who's is her, her, the old roommate. Oh, the roommate guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So he was like, yeah, like it was broken already. Like mm-hmm. we had been getting. And they're like, that's how we got in and out. There was a broken door and a lost lock, and we would go in and out through the little broken window. That's fucking weird. It's weird. Why would you do that? Why would you not be like, hey, landlord, I need another key? All sorts of fishy. I lost my key. 
all sorts of fishy. Hmm. And they, they thought it was fishy, too. They interrogated this guy for four hours before they finally released him. How long do you know how long they had been dating or I guess living together prior to this? Mm, I don't know. They had, it had been it was yeah. a while. They were close. OK. Gotcha. And, and he claims that like they, he had come back to visit her even after he left and that they were on friendly terms, which seems wow. weird. Who just dis- who discovered her? The landlord, right? You said the, land- the landlord's okay. assistant. Yep. Oh, the assistant. Got it. OK. Who was going to collect rent. Yeah. Huh. Very weird. Very weird. And yeah, see, I don't feel like that's enough of a like a prostitute hater, like, eh, like vibe. Like, Mm -hmm. I guess, I don't know. I don't feel like it's enough for me of a motive. I don't know. For the other ones. Like if it was just her, maybe I could see one guy just going into like a jealous rage over this woman who he's into not quitting her livelihood for him and you think then he wasn't jack the ripper or you think this was a different or you think he was jack the ripper trying to scare her and then killed her out of jealous rage who knows is that what you're saying yeah i'm saying people think that what was this what did this guy do for a living do you know Mm, not prostitution he clearly wasn't he clearly wasn't a medical professional otherwise he would have had enough money he wasn't, to pay the no. rent he was right. not a, i think he was a delivery person <laughs> right so maybe not him because why would he remove these organs i don't know in a way that's yeah okay a delivery person doesn't really fit i'm not convinced i don't know i'm not convinced either and yeah. then you have <laughs> our first suspect who's charles cross that's the innocent quote-unquote passerby right who found yeah. nickels right Hmm. That one's the most fishy to me. And so, yeah, I agree. His Mm -hmm. work commute does coincide very nicely with the time and the place of all of the Mm -hmm. murders, with the exception of Ed Owes and Stride, which was the doubles murder. Mm, But Ed Owes and Stride, where they were murdered within a a kilometer of each other, less than his mom lives right around there. Oh, okay. So people are like, I think that. He knew that pathway very well where he killed these women from his commute to and from work, which also coincides with, hey, look, I found a body over here. Isn't that weird? Let's go to work. And then what was was his name again? His name was Charles Cross. That's the name he used, but that's not his real name. He used when you talked to the police? Yes. Or what do you mean he used like? Whenever he gave his testimony. Okay. Like he was lying or like he purposely didn't use his real name like and everyone knew that wasn't... He used a fake last name. Okay. His real name was Charles Allen Lechmere. Okay. And he was a... He was a delivery person who I think delivered butchered goods. Mm, Among others. sus. It is a little sus, isn't it? And he was... But what's a little weird is if that's his... And people claim that this is a, a reason that he's innocent. It's like, well... He did, he, that was on his commute to and from work in this small area, but most of the murders were on weekends and holidays. And that's not good enough for me, personally. No, definitely not. That, <laughs> that means, sense. it does, if anything, it's like, oh, he's free? Yeah, like, exactly. He's available and yeah. he knows the pathways. He knows the ways in right. and out around these streets and how to right. escape and evade. He's from, he's from this area. Yep. Mm, so. Interesting. Yeah. I that's agree. That's a leading suspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now we have number three. This guy 
His name is Aaron Kosminski. He was a resident of Whitechapel. He was a trained barber, although he hadn't worked recently. Um, He was identified by an unknown witness. You'll notice I didn't bring him up in any of this story. Um, Mm. He was just identified by a random unknown witness uh, as being involved. He was a largely nonviolent person, uh, but had once threatened his sister with a knife. Who hasn't threatened? I know, right? (laughs) Truly. I'm like, that's not enough. But he was described by this chief constable. There's a chief constable who really, really thinks it was him. He's one of the ones who was like, I know for a fact it was him. Not actually for a fact, right? It's just his gut Mm, feeling. Sure. But he's like, I know for a fact it was this guy. And the chief constable described him as having, quote, a great hatred of women, specifically of the prostitute class, and had strong homicidal tendencies. He was taken to, and this is, I'm not being insensitive, this is what it was called, a lunatic asylum. Oh my God. I know, man. <laughs> a lunatic asylum in March of 1891. And uh, in, in the notes for his patient records, it says that he suffered from auditory hallucinations. But if you hmm. read his documents from the Colney Hatch Lunatic Asylum, he's listed specifically as not dangerous to others. Yeah. Who knows, though? These people but, are yeah. making assumptions. Exactly. I don't trust any of them. No, I don't trust <laughs> Exactly. And But he's also listed as, quote, quiet and well-behaved and, quote, right. apathetic and only rarely, quote, excited and violent. I'm like, whoa, which is it? He's not yeah. dangerous or he's sometimes dangerous. What did he do that he was committed to the asylum? Like what transpired prior to that? I have no idea. Yeah. No idea. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder too. But it's just not, it's not good enough for me. Also, I feel like he must have at least been able to portray, you know, a quiet confidence and people must have trusted him if he were, if he was a barber. Mm -hmm. I feel like if your barber was erratic, you would not get any business. He hadn't been working for a while though. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Now, what's what's interesting, if you look up um, this guy, if you look up Aaron Kosminski, some of the f- first things you'll find is people saying, hey, we have DNA evidence that Aaron Kosminski is Jack the Ripper. So I want to address Based that. Based on what? Based on bullshit. I'll tell you that right now. Based on total <laughs> bullshit. It's not true. So yeah. long story short, there's this guy who's like a descendant of a police constable who was there on the night of the double murders for um, Catherine, what's her name? Catherine Eddow's murder. Okay. And allegedly took a shawl from the scene from her body and kept it as like a little keepsake, little psycho keepsake of the time. Who is this fucker? Why is he doing right. that? He's just a constable. What the? Just some random constable. And then this shawl was passed That's down That's not what you're generation. supposed to do if you're a fucking police officer. Let me just steal shit from the fucking scene. It's fucked what? up. It's, dude, so all of this is fucked six ways from Sunday. That's all I can tell oh you. Oh, God. So mishandled. <laughs> so horrible. They're yeah. like, hey, her hands are cold. It's been in, I don't know, 10 She's minutes. She's dead. Her hands are cold. Did you feel her hands? Seriously, that's like how they're thinking and how they're making oh my decisions. God. That's crazy. But I'm so glad we don't live. At was that passed time. down from generation to generation to generation until recently someone that's was like, real. Hey, no I right. No so someone way. was like, Hey, I have this shawl. 
that's um <laughs> Catherine Edo. Why did no one turn this in before this? Bitch, I cannot answer that I have question. So many questions. <laughs> Literally, if this police constable stole a shawl that contained like why is it oh I guess because they didn't have DNA evidence and then they're like maybe we'll test this for DNA evidence I know once that, they invented that that's what okay, it is but it. it was kind of recent so it's like they waited a little longer than we've had DNA evidence right. but we've had DNA since what 90s or 80s oh that's a good question hold on you know what I learned recently is you can fake DNA evidence stop it I know yeah there's what? a way to like centrifuge someone's white blood cells and then extract the DNA and then amplify someone else's DNA and then input that into white blood cells <gasps> and then plant it at a scene. However, the DNA normally is methylated and when it goes through that process, mm. it's no longer methylated. So if go. they test it for methylation and it doesn't have any, then they know it's planted. Uh, is that okay. crazy? That is, that is crazy. I, they do test methylation patterns, which makes me feel a little bit better. Interesting. Typically. Yeah. I think well, they have to I now. could be totally wrong. They have to now because people it's like such an easy process to extract DNA like we you probably did that in undergrad I think I did oh it my god yeah yeah I studied methylation of DNA oh did you yeah I did methylation oh, patterns wow. in people that were exposed to this chemical oh that's cool yeah it was really cool actually to answer your question DNA fingerprinting was first used in forensic science in 1986 86 yeah yeah that mm -hmm. sounds right cool Okay. Well, they tested the DNA, but they could only test it for, um, you know, I'll just get to the fun part. It tested positive for Catherine Eddowes and this dude, um, Kuzminski. But. What? And so if you look online, it's like, oh, it tested positive for both their DNA, but it tested positive for their mitochondrial DNA, which. Oh, okay. Right. Gotcha. So as Ariana knows, we all, a lot of people share mitochondrial DNA, um, mm -hmm. And you can really only use mitochondrial DNA to exclude someone, not to say somebody did it. You can't point the finger at someone based on mitochondrial DNA. It doesn't work like that. Right. So that's bunk science. Yeah. Not specific enough to a specific person. Not at all. Also, this shawl was really kind of, for the times, very fancy. And people are mm -hmm. like, that's a bit too fancy for a woman of Catherine Eddowes' status. Hmm. Yeah. So, hmm. mm, seems might sus. be completely bunk. So, if you see something online that says, we figured out who Jack the Ripper is, we're still looking, y'all. Lies. Well, why would they, I mean, if if he is lying about the shawl being her shawl, then there's complete lies about the DNA then, too, I guess. Well, I mean, the DNA you know is just I mean? mitochondrial DNA. It just says, so it could have just possibly, been yeah, it could be anybody. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So there is DNA on a shawl. And exactly. <laughs> we have confirmed that it contains DNA. We got him. <laughs> yeah. 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 So terrible. There okay. is a final suspect that I haven't told you about yet. Ooh, okay. Tell me. This one I think you're going to think is very interesting. This guy's name is Francis Tumblety. Okay. He's an American pseudo-doctor, kind of like a fake doctor or charlatan. He was engaged okay. in medically dubious practices, promising to cure anything from blindness to cancer, only using the power of Indian herbs. Oh, my God. He had Indian been... Indian as in, like, India, right? From Not India, like yeah. Native American? Mm -hmm. Okay. And he had been arrested for assault and for manslaughter of a patient and a couple okay. of other things. So, fishy dude. 
He had expressed yeah. a fierce hatred of women. Um, and we have a witness who claims that at a private party in this guy's home in D.C., in Francis Tumblety's home in D.C., that he had a room that he showed them that was filled with jars of anatomical specimens, including uteruses from every class of woman. Huh. Huh. Odd. Wow. What? What? And then he comes over to London in 1860. He openly admits that he roamed the London streets until he was very familiar with them. Weird hmm. thing to tell people. And he advertised yeah. himself as the, quote, great American doctor. And fucking Americans. I know, fucking Americans. And he was in <laughs> London in the fall of 1888. He was there. He'd also been known to use a lot of fake names. Hmm. Did he do surgeries on people or no? Yes. Oh, my God. What mm-hmm. the fuck? Who and would fucking trust this guy? But what's, yeah, no, this guy's a fucking freak. He's weird. He's a weird, yeah. eccentric dude. But the thing is, oh this God. guy is really fucking tall. He's this tall American guy, and that's just not in line with any of the witness statements. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And the person who claimed that he had this private party and showed them all these jars full of uteruses and whatnot, that guy was a known liar and perjurer. Oh, okay. So, so who knows? Yeah, as soon as you think you have something, as soon as you think you have a thread, it's bullshit. Uh, <laughs> it's always bullshit. Because yeah. everyone, yeah. Jack the Ripper is this like, big thing and everyone wants to be a part of it right yeah hmm that's a very interesting one but tell me more upon this guy's death in 1903 his estate was kind of sifted through and among all the riches that he had he had all these this fancy jewelry they found two inexpensive brass rings (gasps) yeah but everyone has a brass ring i have a brass ring so not my the, grandma's my, my great grandma's wedding ring because everyone had the same one back in the day are you holding it i can't see it yeah i wear it every day oh did you yeah. do it everyone had the same ones huh yeah your grandma is jack the ripper i'm, I'm jack so sorry you had ripper. to find out this way ariana <laughs> oh no <laughs> but we still don't know who it was we have no idea we don't know if these are annie chapman's <laughs> rings it's weird that this guy had all this fancy jewelry and then just two why hey. can't we do DNA on the rings? What what DNA? I don't know. What's on a fucking shawl? You know what I mean? Like if there's well, DNA more on than a shawl, on a ring. Fifteen years later, they, shawls should there be, be a little DNA bit on more absorbent. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. But here's my theory. I don't think it was any of these guys. Yeah. I think it could have been first. It could have been anybody, but I think it's much more likely to have been just a random. Rando fucker mm-hmm. disappearing in and out of yeah. the shadows of london mm-hmm. who knows who I knows agree there's not enough evidence for any of them but they all seem very sus sus i don't think of any sus. of them are innocent to be clear i think they're all freaks but <laughs> they're all murderers but yeah. are they all jack the ripper i don't think they i think that there's a jack the ripper and i don't think we're wow. ever gonna know this was so cool because you know what i literally didn't know that he like stole uteruses Mm -hmm. i didn't know that he mangled 
the bodies in a very like planned way like I legitimately thought he was just like this fucking psycho that would just like run down the street and just like stab basically slice open a woman and run away like that's literally what I thought I didn't know it was like let me play with the organs and let me like pull out the fucking intestines and put them over the right shoulder like yeah throw your intestines over your shoulder like do your chain hang low style I was like holy shit what (laughs) (laughs) horrifying yeah wow so i hope you enjoy the nightmares you guys because i will Eh, i'm gonna have nightmares forever about this (laughs) i thought i was safe i dipped my little piggy toe into true crime and i'll never do it again that was it yeah (laughs) if you liked it i'm so surprised you wanted to do this but that's pretty great well it was like history i'm like i want to know about it yeah oh my god that's so cool and i wish i didn't know anything about it because i'm not gonna get any closure out of this there's no closure to be had there isn't but at the same time the closure is this guy's fucking dead unless he's a vampire so raising my eyebrows at you (laughs) eyebrows eyebrows that's a movie right there yeah jack the ripper is actually a vampire and he's still alive ripping people ripping him up that's i didn't i also didn't know that he he assuming that that's who it was yeah Yeah. he he picked that name because they also called him like the leather apron killer or something like that's lame he was like actually can we change this to jack the ripper that's pretty dumb so (laughs) yeah Yeah. how about i'm ripping him up how about that yeah wow that's cool i like that freak i'm glad you like that you weirdo Mm mm-hmm I like learning about these things. It's very interesting. I thought it, I thought it was cool. really fascinating. I went on like a full on YouTube Wikipedia rabbit Amazing. hole for like three hours. Amazing. <laughs> Maybe actually like yes. four hours now that I think about it. It was like time passed. I looked up and it was dark outside. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was scary. Things to do when you're literally bedridden. Dying <laughs> literally. They're like, like, let me read about evisceration when I'm freaking vomiting and nauseous. <laughs> I really was. I haven't been able to eat food, but I'm like, you know what? I think some old-fashioned murder is what I need. <laughs> Grizzly? Perfect. <laughs> well, guys, I'm oh, fatigued, man. so I'm going yeah. back to bed. I hope y'all enjoyed That's fair. my little Jack the Ripper <laughs> special. Amazing. Love it. <laughs> that was so good Kate I'm glad you liked it I'll see if I can find <laughs> some more historical true crime that'll give me yeah, nightmares but true crime. until next time y'all stay spoopy stay spoopy